Books are a uniquely magical doorway beyond the things we know. Not only do they tell us that dragons exist, but they can be beaten and overcome. In today's charged atmosphere, books show us we're not alone. They help us understand our heartbreaks and joys. They connect us to others who feel and have felt the same. Books and reading allow us to live a thousand lives, sending us soaring into the world outside of ourselves, not to escape, but to survive. For it is often said that the greatest secrets seem to be found in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the podcast. Books are magical. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Annalisha, and with us, as always, is the amazing, compassionate, and just utterly wonderful Rachel. Rachel, how are you doing this week? Oh, I am doing so wonderfully. I have just finished the most amazing Brandon Sanderson book, and I just can't wait to tell y'all about it. (laughs) Brandon Sanderson, I'm hooked. Do tell more. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you don't have to bribe me too much to tell you about a Sanderson book. Um, but uh everything is actually going really well. Uh February is just actually starting as of today, and so that's why we are getting this book out to everyone. Um, so January 1st, um, mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Well, actually, let me back up just a little bit. So Brandon Sanderson is a very, very prolific sci-fi fantasy writer who has written, gosh, well over, I think, if I've Googled correctly, he's written about 54 books since about 2005, okay? He is 47 years old. He is actively still writing, but during quarantine, during COVID, he kept it super, super quiet, and he ended up writing... To my knowledge, I believe four, if not five, secret novels. Um, And he announced on Kickstarter, actually, he may have announced on YouTube, but um, needless to say, he announced that he was going to launch a Kickstarter that if people wanted to, they could support the Kickstarter and receive copies of these books. So I have been a very avid Sanderson fan uh, for a very long time. And I have to very, very wholeheartedly thank my ex-husband, Christopher, for um, introducing me to Sanderson. Uh, I do believe I've actually gotten to meet him twice and get books signed by him. Um, Twice? Twice. He is such a downhearted guy. Uh, Just such a personable writer, uh, but a personable person too. And, um, but he wrote these secret novels. He put them on Kickstarter and it was, um, I want to say, and according to, gosh, let me see if I can find my info on it. Sanderson announced in March of 2022 that over the previous two pandemic years, he had secretly written five otherwise unannounced to anyone, not even his publishers, um, other than maybe I think his wife and some very close friends, um, that he would like make these books available through Kickstarter um, via a subscription and he would release them over the course of 2023. So January 1st was the first release book, uh, which is called Tress and the Emerald Sea. Uh, This 
Kickstarter campaign was so highly successful. It raised $15 million in the first 24 hours. Um, It was, it was over 20 million within the first three days and became the all time most successful campaign. The Kickstarter campaign finished with over 158,000 backers and $41 million uh, pledged. Um, and nice. then Sanderson also backed when he was finished being backed, he backed every other publishing project on Kickstarter. He oh. went and supported every other publishing project on Kickstarter oh for a total of 316 projects. So oh, I just want to say chills. he is, he is an amazing, amazing man. Um, he does a podcast called Writing Excuses. If you ever want to listen to somebody who does, um, who helps people learn to write, he teaches creative writing at BYU. He tries to do weekly updates on YouTube. This man is busy, but he is also invested in his family and friends. So I'm not saying he does no wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he is a really good guy. Um, he sounds like a and complete angel on earth. Oh, I cried there. I had a tear come out of my eye when you told me about how he funded all the other authors' works. I mean, they say whenever you climb the ladder, you know, not to kick it out underneath you, to put your hand down and help the next one in line. And that's exactly what he did with this. And I have so much more respect for this man. I mean, I already kind of placed him on a pedestal, but now like, oh, amazing. I just, I can't get over that. It's one of the reasons I really wanted to talk, not only, not only because this, this book good, uh, and not only is this book not available yet on mass market, but this Mm -hmm. man really is just a good guy. I truly think he's a good guy. He's creative and just, like, I think he's funny and he's mm-hmm. good hearted uh, and he really does mean well. And I uh, he wrote this novel. This novel was never intended for the public. Truthfully, this novel was written okay. for his wife. This novel was written for <gasps> his wife. Uh, and I'll just tell you, the, this is the note from Brandon. Uh, it says, I started writing this in secret as a novel just for my wife. She urged me to share it with the world and along with three other secret novels and with the support of readers worldwide, it grew to the biggest Kickstarter campaign of all time. I'm excited to present this first novel to you at last, a different type of Brandon Sanderson story. One I wrote when there was no time constraint, no exceptions or expectations and no limits on my imagination. Come be part of the magic. And when this book comes out, um, available to actually read on mass market, and I believe it comes out on April 4th of 2023, I really, really want you to read the postscript. Either if you audiobook it or if you get the physical copy, read the postscript because Mm -hmm. he wrote that and it tells you why he wrote this book and what he was inspired by. He was inspired by The Princess Bride and he was inspired by... um, just his general love for what sounds like his wife and family. And oh. honestly, like just me being able to tell you that, <laughs> like just gives me like, just like give me the little heart for, for this man. Oh. What did you get for Valentine's Day? Oh, my husband, he took me out to dinner and got me some roses and some chocolates. 
Oh, what what did your husband get you? Oh, just a complete novel dedicated in my honor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so I know, no. Uh, so yeah. So Fellas, we, we have his up. wife. I, I know. We have his wife Emily, I believe, to thank for this book because I think without her, uh, we may not have this book. So we must mm-hmm. also thank her as well, but him for being such an amazing um uh, husband and father to his family. Oh, that's so precious. let's get into Tress. Tress and the Emerald Sea. Um so if you are a fan of Brandon Sanderson, and hopefully you are here as a wannabe fan or a current day fan or are on the fence, then hopefully we can sell you on continuing a Sanderson journey. Um, This is novel one. This is secret novel number one. This Kickstarter release date was January 1st of April 2023. And Mm -hmm. I am seeing almost nothing less than 4.4 stars across various platforms of Amazon, Kobo, Books and Mill, Goodreads. Uh, Actually, Goodreads has a 4.6 star rating. And I think sufficient to say that Sanderson fans have eagerly anticipated this book since it was announced. Um, And so I tried not... I just wanted to give you that little bit of backstory and and I could talk a lot more about like his writings and all that kind of stuff. He has built an entire what's called Cosmere. His Cosmere is the universe in which almost all of his books reside. Mm -hmm. And what links all his Cosmere is, and I don't want to say it's just one person, but there is one particular character that if you've read some of his books, there's a character named Hoyd who seems to travel or traverse the Cosmere. And Hoyd is not often a main character. He is usually kind of a side character. He sometimes goes by another character called Wit. Um, But he's usually more of a funny character. And he's a storyteller. He's a traveler. Uh, But nevertheless, his influence always seems to echo through the stories, and he's very frequently giving vital information or interacting with very influential people in those stories. This is the first book where Hoyd is the narrator. So we are actually receiving this book from Hoyd's perspective. So it's the very first time we're actually getting that perspective. And it's hilarious. Um, because for most of this book, Hoyt is off his rocker and it's so <laughs> funny. So, so like I said, have you, have you watched the movie Princess Bride and how chug and cheek yes. and funny and witty uh-huh. and kind of sassy it is? Think about those, those humorous moments. That's where the humor is because Sanderson does he does this really great job of world building and he does a really great job of um, bringing in magic systems that are not common from other books. When we talk about magic and in Sanderson's world Mm -hmm. or worlds in the Cosmere, they are often very different. So in the Mistborn series, they're usually metal based, metallurgy based. Uh, but in the Elantris series, they're light-based, and uh, there's light weaving and Warbreaker and Stormlight. There's like you know we actually use Stormlight 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you've read Elantris before. So what yes. did you think of that book? Like, what was the draw of that book for you? Like, oh, where did you find like it. that? Like, oh. Yes, the world building, of course. I mean, what can I say about Brandon Sanderson and his world building that has not been said a thousand times over? Um, I cannot remember the, for the life of me, the female character's name. It's been two or three years since I've read this book, but I just absolutely loved um, the female protagonist. And then I believe there was like a prince or something. And he was like thrown into the other, like the other side of the wall. And um, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, the shared, the shared got um, Rayodin. I remember that Rayodin was the prince. Yes, and, and they were supposed, he was supposed to turn into like an Elantrian, but yes. the Shayod had overtaken because the aeons weren't working and Mm -hmm. um instead of turning into golden into these golden beings almost godlike beings Mm -hmm. they were turning into almost these like immortal zombies yes for the most part yes um and so i just really loved how compassionate both the male and female leads were they were both born into positions of power if i recall correctly but they're all about making the world better. And it just, and I loved the romance. I am a sucker for a little bit of a love story as well. So, um, and I think we talked about potentially doing an episode or two on that book. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I cannot wait to reread it. Now that I have the whole picture, I think going in for a reread, that world is just going to be so much richer. I, I can't wait for it. <laughs> I can't read. I can't wait to read it with you. I think it'll be a fantastic time when we get there. So mm-hmm. take take that richness of world building because he is so very good at world building. Now Tress, um, it, Tress is actually her nickname, but um, she is an eighteen year old girl who was born on this island they call like the Rock. Um, but it is um, her her real name is. Glorf, G-L-O-R-F, but she goes cool. by Tress because her hair, her hair is kind of this, what they call like honey mead. They call it like wheat. And at one point, Hoyt's like, do you ever notice how people often call like hair food colors or stuff like that? So it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah. because then I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, a lot of people use food as like naming um, nomenclatures and stuff like that. So, um, so, but she goes by Tress because apparently her hair is a very defining feature and um, she is very ordinary. And he makes it very clear in the very beginning that she is pretty ordinary. Like she doesn't stand out really from the other girls than the fact that she's not really skilled in anything particular. Um, she's not good at singing and she's not good at like, she's a window washer for the Duke. Um, but the Duke's son, Charlie, he, um, he is her best friend, but he always presents himself to her as the groundskeeper instead of the Duke's son. And, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, sure. Groundskeeper. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I use this sword to like keep the potted plants. And she's like, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, like they do this whole little dance, but anyway, at one point, the Duke kind of catches them flirting, and the Duke announces the next day they're leaving, that they're mm. going, and his son is old enough, 
and he is off to find his son a bride to wed. Well, Charlie, yeah. So Charlie makes a promise to Tress because she she kind of like at at the dock as they're about to take off. Uh, Charlie makes a promise. Well, actually, Tress is like, I would really prefer if you didn't marry someone else. Yeah. And Charlie's like, Oh, uh, okay. So, well, if you don't want me to, then I guess I won't. And he's like, Well, okay. So you know that I'm keeping my promise. I'm going to send you cups. Because she collects cups, and it's like all these cool. little Peter cups. So I just kind of picture like teacups, like all these different little shapes and size teacups, like oh. pewter teacups and ceramic cups and stuff like that. So I'm just picturing him sending her all these various drinking vessels. Mm. Uh, so for each place that he goes or that his dad takes him, uh, he sends her a cup to kind of show her that he has not married that person and that he has still kept his promise that he um he's still kind of waiting for her or that he is not married well the fifth cup doesn't arrive and Uh um she kind of gets a little heartbroken so i think a, a month passes or some time passes and then the duke comes back and the boy that comes back is not Charlie, and it's the Duke's nephew, and huh. Tress is like, "Wait a minute, where where's Charlie?" And so one of the servants kind of tells her, "He's like, well, the Duke got mad because he was on to Charlie and figured out that Charlie was purposefully trying not to get married, so he sent him off to go fight the sorceress and brought back his nephew instead. So Charlie's probably dead." Oh. And Tress is like, "What?" wait a minute, what? (laughs) So now Tress is really mad. And the Duke is like, well, I have an heir, so it doesn't really matter. And um, so now the only person that really cares that Charlie's missing is Tress. And Tress is like, well, somebody should care about this. And Tress is like, well, somebody does care about this. Yeah. So she (laughs) takes it into her head to try to go out and save Charlie. So she's got to cross the... So... You have to think of the sea. The sea is not made of water on her on her world. The sea okay. is made of spores. So think of the sea as being made of almost like, do you know how when you vibrate sand, it becomes fluid? Mm-hmm. Do you kind of know that science thing? When you vibrate it, it kind yeah. of becomes fluid and things can float on top of it. I think yeah. that's the general theory behind this is like, this is, it's spores. It's like, it's kind of like spores, but that's what it is. So it goes from the green, the verdant, that's where it's the Emerald Sea. And then she's got to cross the Emerald Sea to the Crimson Sea and then to the Midnight Sea to get to the Sorceress. Well, all of these different seas do not react well to water. Well, guess what the human body is made of? Like two-thirds. Yeah. Mostly water. <laughs> Oh no! Mostly no water, trust. but so she, so she's she's pretty nervous. She's pretty scared because, of course, again, she's not she's not super special. She's only a determined female who is missing the love of her life, and she's the only one who is willing to go out there and save him. Um. So along the way, she makes a really like she. She meets uh, a pirate crew, and then the pirate cool. crew kind of gets overtaken by a different crew. Uh, 
So now she's on a different pirate crew, but then she she makes a rat friend. Uh, but then she's on the crew that hoids. Then so she now she has a little rat friend. His name is Huck, and she's got a zombie friend, and he's a doctor, and, and his name is Oolong. And uh, we, I know, right? And then we have Hoid. Hoid is there, and Hoid is. We we have determined that the sorceress has placed a curse on Hoid. And what, Hoid is H-O-I-D, just by the way, if you're kind of wondering okay. the, um, the spelling of it. Um, he, has, he has gone up against a sorceress, and he has gotten this curse on him, and now he is an absolute imbecile. So there is a lot of times he says things that do not make sense. Because there's okay. one point where he approaches Tress, and he's like, one time I ate a whole watermelon, and I got diarrhea. And that is his conversation with her. <laughs> and she is like, what? <laughs> she doesn't know how to respond. So it's great. It is hilarious. Um, however, Oolong, we, we are kind of led to believe that Oolong is linked to someone else in the Cosmere, a character named Sazed, who I believe okay. is in the Mistborn series. And that was a kind of a cool revelation. But we're also kind of led to the idea that the ethers or the aethers, which make up this these spores, these spores are um, are a magic system that Sanderson has said have appeared in the Cosmere before that um, are going to be much more prominent in the future. So all these these seas that make up Tress's world. Um, these the Verdant Sea, the Crimson Sea, the Midnight mm -hmm. Sea, they're going to be much more prevalent in future Cosmere books, it sounds like. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of cool as well. So I'm kind of I'm interested about that. Hi, everyone. Thank you for taking time to listen to this brief interlude. We wanted to try something a little different for building a connection with you, our amazing friends and listeners. Usually, our socials are at the end, but we would love if you would reach out to us and let us know what you think through one of the following ways. Our Instagram handle is booksaremagicalpod. Twitter handle is podcast underscore magical. Email booksaremagicalpodcast at gmail.com. And our Discord is tinyurl.com forward slash booksaremagicalpod. We would appreciate any likes or shares. We are independent and unsponsored, and we thank you for your support. Now, back to the content we know you're waiting for. It's a real cool book, just by the way. I don't want to give you a ton of... I don't want, I like, I don't want to like give too many spoilers i just want to give you like a lot of real like there are some great revelations in this book she goes up against a dragon like a real real physical dragon wow. there is a captain who pretty much wants everybody to become murderers so that they have to follow her lead because she wants them to be desperate um there are there's just so many great characters in this book. And I think I was talking to, um, to my ex husband, Christopher, and he was saying how this is one of the, I think it's the second best well-received book of Sanderson. I could be, I could be getting that wrong in the way he was trying to relay that to me, but um, okay. I think it was something to the effect of like, this book was the, like the second 
most well-received book that Sanderson has put out so far. Like people loved it just that much, like of the Sanderson fandom. Because not only does it show how witty like Sanderson can be, because we see some of that Mm -hmm. with the Reckoner series and with some of his younger works, but this is one of the first time where it's, it's not so serious. It is very fairy tale like, but it's adult fairy tale. And I had actually, before I even listened to the epilogue or the um, the actual postscript, I made a note about how this book had a lot of fairy tale vibes of talking animals and um, like magical beings, magical people, magical elements of good versus evil, like moral lessons. And I was, I, I like the happy ending things. Like I wrote all of that down before I even listened to the postscript. And then actually Sanderson even says he's like, he wanted, he didn't want it to be a fairy tale, but more like an adult fairy tale, like Princess Bride. And I was like, that's what I got. That is straight Sold up already. what I got. Yeah. So I was so happy that I was I was vibing with exactly what he was trying to give us. And um, so I again, I don't want to give like all of its secrets away, but let's just say Tress is she is a strong, strong girl. She knows what she wants. She she is smart. And guess what? She actually stops to think and Hoyt is so proud of her. (laughs) She actually, there's a moment, there is a moment where she actually is like, I have to sit, I have to stop and think about this. And Hoyt's like, what? Wait, this is the first character? Like, you don't even know. Like, he he says, I am a world hopper. I'm a traveler. I am an immortal. And we know what heroes do. And this, this is unique. This is something people don't do. People don't stop and think about their actions before they do stuff. And he like makes a whole speech about how this, this her stopping and actually thinking about something before she does it is a unique situation. And I'm like, this is brilliant. I love this conversation. Oh gosh, I I am so sold on this book. Um, it sounds so utterly delightful and charming, and I'm really sold on the love story between Charlie and Tress. And I know you're not going to tell me, you know, how it ends, but I need to read this book because I need to know if they end up together. I need to need to need to know. <sighs> I I will be happy to tell you off scene. Whatever you want to know. And you're welcome to ask me any questions. I'm just trying not to, because again, the mass market release is supposed to be April 4th of 2023. And I think this book will fly off the shelves when it hits the shelves. Uh, I think this book is going to be phenomenal. I truly, um, it is fun. It's witty. It is adventurous. I think it does incredibly well for um, a female protagonist. She is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I think they he does a good job of trying to give her both brains uh, and um, he does like he doesn't focus on like her looks like she's not like it's not about any of that. It's more about her like her her intelligence and survival skills mm-hmm. and trying to actually, you know, do what she's trying to do. And I, I like that's just really important. And these mm-hmm. characters that he weaves in are just awesome. 
like she, she has to teach one of them how to cook. The cook has been pretty much teach, um, pretty much feeding people like what sounds like burnt tar. And so she has to teach them how to cook and everybody's so grateful. And she, um, one girl, one girl on the boat really, really wants to be like a cannoneer. Like she really, she has a passion for shooting cannons, but she has almost killed somebody who's standing right next to her. She's just that bad oh, at no, aiming. Les. She's just so bad at aiming. Um, so trust helps her out. <laughs> <laughs> by uh, teaching her how to aim and gets her uh, gets her some glasses because apparently she has like she has a little bit of um, like I don't know maybe it's astigmatism or maybe it's some double vision I'm not sure but gets her some little visual help and um, she's a lot better so um, she's she's always out there to help other people and like she's not looking to like always get for herself she's just like she's just trying one to like save charlie she just she was trying to help the people on the crew and like even when she's kind of betrayed she's like she's pretty quick to forgive because she kind of understands why the betrayal happened at one point or another uh she she's kind of hesitant to let people help her because of course that that feels kind of odd something like but at like towards the end she's like you know what yes i do need help yes please help me and i'm like yes you go girl good for yeah. her ask for help it's okay to ask for help <laughs> so any questions wow. any questions i could answer because i would like i feel like i ran through that really fast but again i don't want to like i don't want to give all the i don't want to give all the juicy details because there's so much good stuff in it I'm just really excited that there's a rat person. You know, I have a thing for like mouse races. <laughs> His name is mouse races, and he's really general. sweet. <laughs> and oh, he does a good job. And he 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 uh, he's very scared of cats. And um, yeah, so he's Aww. a good little guy. He would not. He would not do well at my house then, because we currently have four. No. Um, and I, I just I love. I just I'm in love and darn you Rachel because my TBR keeps on growing and I just don't have enough hours in the day <laughs> to read all these books so I I have read three Sanderson novels I read Elantris which we talked about earlier and then I read the first two in his YA series um I think it was I cannot remember the names of them it, I just absolutely love is that the one about the evil Sanderson. librarian no, it's um she is like living on this planet. Her people have been Cytonic, I think was book two, Starside or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. The, like the Skyward series, the the one about the Skyward, the that's it. The, Skyward. Yeah, yep. Yes, yes. I read those two books last year and um, I really liked it because in book two, there was a cat person. I just really like animal races. And something I really noticed as I've been reading, I've only read three of his books, but he does write women really, really well. And I'm just like, man, he must be just really, pers um, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He he just must be a really great observer of people to get women he, as well as he does. I, I hope that he has good females that he surrounds himself with that he's got good mm -hmm. people that he can 
model from like in like in person like he can be like you know what i can write good female characters because i have great people around me and i feel like maybe that's yeah. like part of it it's like he's got a good group of people around him that can help him with that because nice. if you ever dive into the stormlight series um because it is mm-hmm. it is dense but it is so so good those characters are so well defined and so richly flushed out and their characters and their backgrounds and their diversity. Like if you like, we're only just now like part of this Kickstarter campaign was that we could actually, I think maybe it was part of a secondary Kickstarter campaign was that we could see some miniatures of what the, the stormlight characters were physically going to look like and cool it was eye-opening i was so happy to see what these characters were actually looking like and i was like this is amazing this is so brilliant so um i love the diversity that he includes in um in his books and what he envisions and how he envisions these characters and good on him really good on him uh like i Mm -hmm. i love it I am glad to see it and I hope I continue to still see it. <laughs> yeah. So then, and so all four of these books are coming out in 2023. 2023. So once a quarter from what I'm to understand. So the first one, this one, uh, January 1st, the next one should come out April 1st. Okay. And so as soon as I receive that one um, and because I, I did kickstart it. I am receiving the digital copy of the written text. Uh So like the ebook or the Kindle copy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also getting the audio books with these as well. And I'm getting a physical hardback book of these books. So I know my physical hardback book of Tress just arrived at my house uh, yesterday. But I'm not there. So I I know. But I know it arrived because my mom actually told me it was on the doorstep. But in April, the same nice. thing, I, whatever book it is, I can't wait to see which one it's going to be or what part of the Cosmere we're going to visit next. But I hope to be doing an episode on that one as well. And for the next three books of these secret, uh, these secret novels, I hope that we can continue this uh, fun little journey. Yes, I am so excited to learn about these secret projects. I do want to read more Brandon Sanderson. I will admit I am intimidated by the Cosmere just because it sounds so large, all-encompassing. I I just honestly, I don't know where to start. And I went on a Brandon Sanderson forum and someone said, we'll start with his first book, Elantris. And I'm really glad I did because... That's what led me onto the Skyward books because someone also said these are really manageable. I don't know if the Skyward books are part of the Cosmere. I'm not sure, but um, I'm just, I just don't know where to start, but I guess I just need to start somewhere and just, just dive in and just let myself be surrounded by it. Take notes. Um, it'll all end up looking like that. You know, that meme of the, it's always sunny, the Charlie guy. And he's got like, he's like, that's going to be me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's going to be me with Brandon Sanderson. Be like, all right, here. And then, hey, and as you see. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to have to make one of those boards to completely understand what the heck is going on. So Uh, I will Um, say, I will say just as kind of, um, 
a small reference. Uh, there is a reference to Elantris in this book. And I think once you read Ooh. it, you will get it. But I don't want to give it away. Because um, it's okay. pretty obvious when you get to it, and you're like, "Oh, oh, mm-hmm. wait, what?" And you're like, "Okay, so I, um, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away, but it's a person. Uh-huh. So it's I a respect person. that. It's but there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, but you know, if you are going to read another book in the Sanderson Cosmere uh, that is in the Cosmere. That maybe is a standalone. You could read Warbreaker. Warbreaker is a color magic. It's, okay. a, it's a color magic based book series uh, that Ooh, I find really cool. goes well after reading Elantris. Okay, I will have to take your advice, and I just need to be like Sabrina the Teenage Witch and learn how to pause time. I know. <laughs> I know. So I just take a little reading, a little reading breaks throughout the day. Whenever you get the moment. I actually find his books read very quickly. Um, I don't know how because usually they are very girthy. But funny, I do find that they read quickly because I just feel like he world builds and character builds so well that uh, I just I fly through them. I don't know what it is, but I often cannot put them down. Well, I'm telling you, Tress, as soon as... As soon as this book hits Amazon or wherever it is, I usually buy my Kindle, but I have a feeling I'm going to need a hard copy. So hopefully one of our bookstores around here carries it because Tress of the Emerald Sea Mm -hmm. is what it's called. Tress and the Emerald Sea. I imagine. I hope the version that us plebs get, the non-Kickstarters, I hope it's like on a beautiful green background. Green's one of my favorite colors. And <laughs> oh, I just, I can't wait. I can kind of envision what it looks like. And I'm really excited to have it in my shelves. And I'm going to hug it as soon as it arrives. Well, I hope it is. I hope it is. Well, um, is there anything else you want to tell us about this amazing world? I, I think I'm going to leave it at that uh, because I do want to keep some secrets. So that way, when this book comes mm-hmm. out, if we want to do a little touch up on it, or if we want to revisit just a couple few minutes, whenever the next book comes out, mm-hmm. then we can do it at that point. But um, I think for now, I think I'm good. Uh, unless you have any final questions. I think I'm going to button my lips and let you find out for yourself what happens. Well, no, ma'am, I think I'm good. I think I, well, I'm not good. Actually, I'm not okay at all. My whole world is shook. I need to know about Tress and Charlie. Um, But I guess until next time, may your TBR be overflowing and your DNFs be few. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we'll see you on the next page. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast, Books Are Magical. Please join us again as we explore beyond ourselves and into the lives of others. Until next time, open doors, flip pages, and connect with the world around you.